0: To a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I chat with small business owners from around the world. Now, with me today is Dee, the founder and owner of Dee's Burnt Trees. She creates art by burning wood, and her pieces are extremely beautiful and very unique. Now, on this episode, Dee shares how she got started with her craft and also dives into advice on how to succeed as a business owner. So be sure to check out Dee's Burnt Trees after this episode. Now, before we hear from Dee, as always, I'd appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It helps others discover the small businesses that we feature. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and all the other social medias. It's all at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And now let's hear from Dee. Welcome, Dee. Thank you so much for being a guest on Virtual Coffee.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out and having me on your podcast.
0: Of course, happy to have you here as a guest to introduce you know yourself and your business. So let's start off with just that. Can you give us a little little description of Dee's Burnt Trees and let the audience know who you are as well?
1: Yeah. So I am Dee. I, my name is originally is Danielle, but everybody calls me Dee. I run a small art pyrography business, which is essentially just wood burning. I mainly am teaching classes right now, but I also do sell some items in some consignment stores as well, um, and it's really wonderful. I do love the teaching classes. I'm teaching all in the Raleigh area right now and surrounding areas, and we go from making, you know, I'll teach people how to make their own charcuterie boards with their own wood-burning design and um, or bookmarks or coasters or an artistic piece of their choice, and It's uh, very rewarding to watch people come into the class as beginners and not know what they're doing. And then they walk out with this wonderful art piece that they didn't know they could make.
0: I definitely want to get into the products in a bit. But where exactly do you teach in the Raleigh area? I didn't know you were teaching.
1: Yeah. So uh, I've been teaching now about maybe the past year, but I teach at a couple different locations. One of my main spots is downtown Raleigh with uh, Joy Worthy Co., And uh, the owner's name is Lauren, and she's really wonderful. And then I will also teach out at a consignment shop in Apex uh, called Sawdust and Clay. And the owners there are Jim and Amy, and they are wonderful, too. I also sell a couple items there. And then I'll teach at – I have a class coming up at Pineapple Soul, which is out in Cary. I'll go out to Wendell Falls and teach out at Haven Farms. Um, So there's a a bunch of different businesses around the area, and I'll just kind of go – whoever wants to host me there, essentially, um, we'll reach out to each other and kind of set up a date and time. And then people come there and we I have everything set up for them and they get to just show up, do the wood birding and then go home with their new art
0: piece. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm familiar with all those places. I'll have to uh, take a class from yours because I'm in I live in Wake Forest, but I'm in, in the Raleigh area. So that would be so much fun. Yeah, those yeah. classes sound like a blast.
1: They are. They are so much fun. I, I absolutely love them, and it's just so. It's really fun, like getting to interact with all these people, hear their stories, get to get to know everybody, and like you really get like on a much more personal level getting to know people, and then like just seeing their their beginning face to their end face where they're like, I can't do this, and then they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that moment of awe and discovery. And yeah, because I'm sure it's a a craft that not a lot of people have tried before. And speaking of that craft, can you describe it to our audience who may, you know, have not visited your Instagram yet or seen exactly what you're talking about? Uh, What exactly it is that you do?
1: Yeah, so wood burning is essentially the art of putting fire heat to wood. (laughs) So I uh, take a really, really hot pen, essentially, and I will carve or heat designs into the wood and you just kind of manipulate the wood however you want to make your design and I'll add color to it I'll add shading to it I'll do all different types of I'll mess around with a lot of different types of variations of it but it's really you know it's just wood burning (laughs) it's really fun to just kind of watch how the wood will change too because it gets like a nice deep color and then when you add like your sealant over it, you know, like I'll add like either poly or resin or hemp oil too on it. And it just, it makes the color of the burnt part pop through the wood and it really pulls it out and it just shines for you afterwards. But I'll I'll do anything, you know, I'll, I'll wood burn like bookmarks, coasters, keychains, spoons, cutting boards, or portraits, anything from a, a wide variety of things. And just kind of whatever f- is floating my boat that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, how did you get into this? Was it a, you know, a lot of folks who come on this podcast sometimes it's a hobby that turns into a business, sometimes they were looking for something to, you know, fill some time especially with the pandemic when we all had extra time on our hands. Like how did how did you discover this?
1: Well, it's a, it's actually a funny story. I had never heard of wood burning myself until I tried it out. I was right after my son was born and I had stayed quit my job to stay home with him. I was in the healthcare career before this and completely stopped that. And um it was like a couple months after he was born and I was like, I need something. I need something for me. So my husband actually had an old soldering tool that he's like, Here, try this. I've heard people burning wood with things like this. <laughs> And he's like, just try it, see what happens. And so I took his soldering tool and put it to wood and tried it. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. And I'm like, I really like this. And so I started looking more into it. And I bought like a beginner's wood burning pen and um, from the craft store for like 15 bucks. And that was what I used for the first two years was this little wood burning pen. And um, just started off making like, you know, portraits or small art pieces for family and friends. And that's really what I was mainly doing it just for an outlet for myself, just for fun. And I quickly kept getting orders and people were like, well, can you make me this? Can you make me that? Can you do this? And I was like, absolutely. Cause I have such a hard time saying no. And I wanted to try (laughs) it so badly as well. So it just kind of formed into a business after that. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep going. And then it turned even more and I started doing the markets around here and then I got into classes next and I was like, I can't believe where this has taken me, but it all just started for my husband handing me a, a soldering tool and said, just try this, like, see what happens.
0: <laughs> That's funny. He's like, just, just try to burn this wood. See, see Go for it. <laughs> I know. It is so funny. Uh, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to burn something now. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do it, are you and you, you may have mentioned this, but are you all freehand? Do you stencil? Like, are you naturally a artistic person, you know, where, you know, you've drawn before or just have that eye for art? How? What is your process like? So I
1: do a combination of sometimes I'll use stencils. Sometimes I'll just freehand it. It depends oh. on kind of the piece that I'm working on, like wording. I'm always going to use a stencil. I cannot do wording or cursive, like <laughs> fancy lettering for, to save me. I don't know what it is with lettering. <laughs> that's just not my, my thing, but you get like somebody's face or like shapes or like something to design work. I'm like, Oh, I could freehand that. (laughs) So I'll, I'll do a lot of freehand work with like a lot of my artistic pieces and just kind of see what happens. And, um, I've never, never really taken an art class in my life. I've always just had it as like an outlet, like as a thing for me to do on the side. And I used to do a lot of painting but never anything like this. This was just something that kind of formed in its own life and grew out of its own way. It was it was really interesting to watch the journey too. But I I've always just had art as like a side outlet for me. And then I just have taken it a lot more seriously these past couple of years and been trying to study. I guess the, the most studying I do with it is I'll watch other artists on YouTube and just kind of watch their techniques, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to try that with my piece and see what I can do with that. So it is just kind of a combination of whatever I'm working on and see what I need to do for that type of art piece.
0: That's really neat. So definitely continuously learning as you go, upping your craft, evolving your craft. That's growth mindset at its finest. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, you definitely, it's like, you know, you just got to have that mindset of like, I always like to say, I'm like, I like to make the ugly art so that I can make
0: the good art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I, li- I like that mindset a lot. Do you tend to, you know, I'm looking at the, the products you sell. Do you have set stock or set designs or is it usually upon request? More so asking, you know, for those listening who might want to check you out and go to your website. How does your your process of selling your products work?
1: So I do have some set that like earrings and bookmarks, um, I can remake the designs very easily. There are some pieces that are just like one of a kind though. And I probably mm. like the bigger pieces, the very big, intricate pieces, I'm probably just going to make once. <laughs> I'm looking to get some of the bigger pieces made, made them into like prints or something like that. So people could have the option to still have something of original artwork, but those pieces, I'm probably not going to remake. They're, they're one and done. And I, I don't think I could remake some of them as well, (laughs) but definitely like a lot of the, the smaller items are, I can remake them again and again and again, but I do do a lot more of custom orders or requests. I get a lot of different types of requests for things that I'm always open to try and make
0: I'm just scrolling through your Instagram now as we speak, and I love your style. It's so unique, the, yeah. you know, your style plus the the medium of the wood, like the jellyfish, the monstera, the bees, they yeah. really pop out and stand out. So everyone check those out. It, it's just so, so unique. Um, Thank you. Yeah,
1: I and, really love the color. That's
0: yeah. yeah. How do you how does the color work? Now I'm just diving into <laughs> the process in general, but how how do you get the color on there?
1: So I use, um, you mainly use watercolor. And um, I'll even, I use a lot of gouache too, which is just a mixture of watercolor and acrylic. But I I just add it into the wood and it's really nice working with like that type of medium in the wood because the wood will soak up a lot. Mm. But you can manipulate it if you add some water to the wood and then you add your color and then you add water and color and you kind of like play around with it a little bit. You can get some really nice blending techniques there. And then once you put your sealant on, that's what really pulls the color a lot through. Like if I add resin on top of like a really mm-hmm. colorful piece, oh, my God, does it just like it pulls all those colors through and
0: it just <laughs> it pops. I love doing that. I love seeing yeah. the that. You're right like it pops it is so so beautiful so unique where do you source your your wood from i mean you don't need to get into super specifics but is it hard to obtain wood like that i just you know this is so so new for me i find it fascinating
1: yeah it's actually i've been um well now that people know me as you know the wood lady they just i have a lot of people like friends and families if they ever like cut a tree down or anything they always give me their wood (laughs) (laughs) like cut it and plane it and dry it out and then i'll repurpose it But a lot of the stuff I get either from like a craft store, like the smaller pieces or like the live edge pieces I get from just a local craft store. Um, A lot of the brand I use is a walnut hollow and they they make some good wood that I like. That's usually like the pieces don't have a lot of like markings within it. And they're pretty good about like sizes with their pieces of wood, too. And then sometimes I'll just find random pieces of wood and just... Put
0: it to use. That's cool. Always on the lookout for, for wood.
1: <laughs> I, I always encourage anybody who wants to try it, just pick a <laughs> craft store. Um, the only advice I say is do not use treated wood or pressure treated mm. wood because it is toxic for you to breathe in when you burn it.
0: Very good tip. Thank you for that. For anyone who, who wants to try it, for sure. That's a great tip. Yes. Um, and just one quick logistical question. Are you able to ship your products or um, are you just local to the Raleigh area?
1: Absolutely. I can definitely ship. I've been shipping U.S. and Canada mainly. I haven't gone to much farther than that, to be honest.
0: Yeah, but that's great. I always say a big congratulations for anyone who can figure out shipping. I know that's a big deal. So that's that's great that anyone listening can can buy one of your pieces.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yes.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And kind of diving more into, quote unquote, the business side of things. How was it launching Dee's Burnt Trees? I'm always interested in your origin story, more focused on the business side of things like how What was that like? Any standout moments where, upon reflection, you're thinking, oh, that was a a huge moment for me, or that was a huge accomplishment, or maybe a huge challenge? Just looking to get at those highlights of your journey of launching the business that might lead into advice for others who are a business owner or looking to start a business.
1: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy. (laughs) I'll be honest with that. It definitely had its challenges. I have my son. He's finally in school and daycare right now. But when I first started this, he was home with me full time and I was trying to run this business full time. So that was my biggest challenge of like trying to manage being able to like be a mom and take care of my kid and then also run a business and get it off the ground and try and get it running. So, that was my biggest challenge was just time, time management. There just could not be enough hours in a day for me. I could not get enough done. so I, I was spent a lot of a lot of my time questioning my sanity and what I was doing. <laughs> but mm-hmm. once I started kind of getting a flow, I think it was right when I started doing a lot of the craft markets in my local area was when I started to kind of, it really helped me, because I could see people and their reactions to what art was working, what specific type things I should really focus my energy on, and, you know, kind of put aside some of the things that weren't selling so well, or people weren't interested in. So that really helped me a lot as to where I can just hone all my energy and my time into certain pieces and certain types of art, and then go from there and make that more of a priority and i think that was one of my biggest changing moments of like being able to figure out my specifics my my things that do work and what don't work and that that helped me a lot and then once it started progressing even more from the uh, craft markets i was able to start doing the classes more and once i started doing the classes I haven't been doing the craft markets as much anymore because the classes, I've been trying to focus more of my energy on that now because I'm finding that is much more productive for my time now. So it's kind of like you get your business will evolve as well too. It will change, you know, you you know it's definitely not where I was in the beginning. And when I was started this, I didn't think I would ever be at this point. I didn't even know where I was going with this. But it's kind of interesting now looking back, I'm like, man, I have changed my direction so many different times but it's all been for the better because I'm just I'm relearning where I should be focusing my energy at and where I should be you know putting all that towards and not wasting materials or time or energy or things like that and then I can really hone in on what's important.
0: Yeah it sounds like you followed a really great process which was first listening to your customers. Right. And like you said, focusing on either what was maybe selling well or getting good reaction or just getting that feedback and then moving into what sounds like optimizing your business. So, you know, like you're mentioning the resources and whatnot. It's so like having that balance of listening to the people. Right. The people who who are following you, who are in your in your business, want to support your business. Plus, the business side of it, of how to optimize, how to make it efficient, and meeting that in the middle. um, I think that's a great way to think of it, because you can't lean too heavily on one or the other, right? You got to have that listen to the people, but also I'm running a business. How do we merge those two mindsets together?
1: Exactly. Like, how can I also meet their needs and get my, you know, meet their needs and meet my needs at the same time?
0: Exactly. I think that's a, a great mindset. I often use that kind of balance at my own job at work and I really like that. It you have to balance that out. Yeah. And where are you at now with these burnt trees? You know, kind of interested in where you're hoping to to take the business further. Any big goals or milestones ahead that you want to share? Kind of where is your mindset at right now?
1: I'm definitely really loving the classes. It is like become a new passion of mine of like teaching people and like That has been the new thing. So I really want to take classes and keep going with them. I want to start adding more. Like I want to have a beginner's class, an intermediate, an advanced class. I want to be able to teach different levels or ranges of people. And then they can have the option to do more if they wanted to do more. So I'm looking to just expand my classes, expand expand my reach and my locations. Um, I'm always looking for different places to have a class at. I just, I I think that is the next big milestones for these Burnt Trees is to really hone in on the classes and get it out there more.
0: It's cool how that's evolved, right? Did you ever imagine way back when, when you first started these Burnt Trees, that classes would become the the thing you're passionate about right now? Absolutely not. I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I'll be doing the art for like the main thing
1: and that'll be it. And I just kept thinking like that was my my mindset for the longest time was I had almost tunnel vision of like just the art, art, art. And I was doing the craft shows and I was like, this is not sustainable, though, because I was working my butt off for these and could not maintain that level of like work. But these classes, I've just found that I'm like, oh, my God, I'm I am much more passionate about this. And I, I it requires a little bit less physical work on me because I don't have to prep all the pieces. I bring it to them and I say you do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's part kind of the nice part about it is it's a little bit easier for me to prep for these classes. But I, I have truly found that the teaching aspect of it, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I I love teaching. I didn't ever think that I would love teaching, but I really
0: love it. It's good advice in that in your um, experience there to let the the business evolve how it will. Right. You can guide it and have a goal or a vision. That's important. But overall, letting letting the doors open for you or like exploring those doors that you may have never thought would open. uh, Not not being afraid to go down that route. I think that's a good a good story to share for others.
1: Absolutely. And just kind of being open minded that, you know, you may have an idea for your business to go one way, but it may need to go a different way or just trying different things out. And seeing where it takes you. Sometimes it's almost like you got to like just jump in the water before testing it out and just
0: see what happens. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. All about that experimentation and just kind of going for it and and learning from it. Yeah, no, totally. Awesome. And is these burnt trees your full time uh, job? I'm just, you know, I'm always interested if the guests I have on are balancing that with another job or were you able to take these burnt trees full time?
1: Yeah, this is what I do full time now. Um, wow. Yeah. It has been so nice. And I now that my son is finally in daycare as well, I can actually focus a lot more time and energy into Deesburg Trees. because um, I was having him home full time and doing Deesburg trees and that was very tough to do. It was like having I felt like four four full time jobs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a
0: lot. <laughs> I can only imagine and kind of going off of that, any advice or even just a perspective to share for anyone listening who might be in that similar situation? You know, maybe they have kids at home or have that full time job, whatever it is. And they're also looking to try to follow their passion, start their business. Any advice or perspective there?
1: Oh, yes. Just plan for things to go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Just expect something to go wrong expect a kid to be sick something like that and try to plan as try and get done as what you can get done when you have that time and then it kind of goes back to really figure out what you need to focus your time on you know prioritize the the more important things that are going to essentially make a bigger difference in your business than the small things that you might think matter but they really don't at the end of the day you just got to figure out what is working best for your business and prioritize those main things, get it done while you have that little bit of time. And then you just go back and forth, essentially, you know, you, you learn to kind of have a little bit of time management and there is that, that beginning period of it's, it's going to be really rocky at first and you just got to be really patient with yourself, I think. And like understand that it's going to be stressful at first until you can kind of get into a flow and just have a lot of patience and grace for yourself as well. You know, remind yourself that you're doing something really hard. This is not easy, especially when you got kids or small kids. It's, it's a lot, you're being pulled in a lot of directions, but if you really, if you really just hone in on what's important, what you need to focus your time in on, it, it makes a big difference.
0: I like that advice on that time, time management or time focus, right? Like how you're saying, I think the underlying advice there too is do what's best for you. You know, it's going to be different for everyone. There's, as I've learned from this podcast, there is no playbook for running it. There really isn't a playbook for running a business. Everyone has their own playbook. Maybe there's some basic things to, to learn or, or follow the steps on, but there's really not. It's just everyone's journey is so different and you got to do what's right for you and what works for you and your other priorities.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Everyone has their own path and it's okay if your path is different than someone else's, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, comparison game too, that you got to get yourself out of. Like if somebody else is doing something their own way, that's for them. You got to figure out what works for you and you, your own little path, you know, it's okay. Everybody's doing their own thing and we're all on our own journey. And it's it's beautiful when you get to like look back at your own journey. You're like, whoa, I can't believe I made it th- through that. I did this. Like This was my own thing.
0: No, exactly. I, I completely agree. Because, yeah, if you follow someone else's recipe, then you'll just either fail or become them. And you're yeah. not them. You're you. Definitely. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah be yeah. your unique self. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I love that piece of advice. That's great. Excellent. The, my my last question that I end every episode with is most folks say the hardest, but just interested in knowing as of right now in this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment so far? And I'm really just looking for that off the top of your head based on our discussion, or maybe it's on a completely different topic right now. What is your proudest accomplishment?
1: I definitely will have to go with my progression of the classes. I think it looking back when I first started classes, I was such like a newbie with teaching and like figuring out how to teach people. But now I've started to learn how to show people techniques better, and um, I'm learning how people learn too, which is a whole you know thing in itself, but um, I had a class recently that this person st- you know, pulled me aside and she like at the end of the class, she was like, I really appreciate the way you teach, the way you take the time and spend it with every single individual person. And you don't teach the same for everyone. You teach how that person needs. And she said that really made a difference for her specifically because she she learned a different way than the rest of everyone. And So she, she made it a point to tell me that. And I think that like, it hit me in the heart. I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. felt so good to hear such like a positive feedback. And I was like, this is, this is why I'm doing this to get people to feel confident in their own selves and to really show them that they can do something themselves too. And she even told me that she was like, well, I'm going to buy, you know, a new wood burning pen. I'm going to try this at home. And I was like, absolutely. Please reach out if you have any more questions. I'm like, I, I love teaching. They're like this was that was so worth it. You know,
0: that's really beautifully stated. And congratulations on everything you've accomplished so far. And to your point, that teaching aspect is not easy. Um, It sounds like, you know, you found a way to craft or make your teaching style unique that works for each person and that that's very hard to do just creating that experience and that environment so again congratulations on everything you you've thank accomplished you. so far thank you again thanks so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story it's it's very inspiring for others and before we sign off d where can people find you and d's burnt trees social media's website shout everything out
1: yeah. So I have a website at com. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at just d's Burnt Trees. That's where I'm at. And thank you again for having me here and Reach Now. I really appreciate the time you spent with me.
0: Yeah, of course. No worries at all. And I hope everyone checks you and d's Burnt Trees out. And again, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you.